Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. This is Tuesday, December 18th, 2018, and welcome to episode 601 of the Mothership Broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. It's one of the only WWS Revolution. Once again, this is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you as we get to talk about our favorite subject of all time, that being, of course, professional wrestling. Of course, folks, we'll talk, that first thing we'll talk about here is our Wrestling News and Views segment, which will be brought to us by our 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team, King Ice, represented here tonight by the Iceman, J.D. Jared Girolamo. J.D. is, of course, a 2015 and 17 WWS Hall of Famer and also a part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon at in the talk show chat box here tonight, we do have the human suplex machine, John Gross. He is, of course, the first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer and also another part of the Raw Radio broadcast team every Monday afternoon right here on Talk Show as he brings us from, our, from the Talk Show chat box tonight, today's wrestling history and birthdays. Before we get underway here with, uh, with everything, with, uh, of course, our big lineup for tonight, let's welcome JD and John in on what should be a really uh, 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 p- possible, explosive, and very dynamic episode number 601 of Revolution. Good to be here. Very much. Of course, here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, our live video feed comes to us from a group dedicated to the American Wrestling Association, AWA US History Lives. If you care to join us for our live video feed from there this evening, please feel free to give it. Join us there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash AWA US history. Care to join us, of course, through talkshoe.com. The phone number, as always, is 1 605 562 0444. Call ID 138055 pound to match the six numbers and press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything 
that we had to talk about here this evening, which will include, in addition to our news and views and history and birthdays here for tonight, we will, of course, be talking about the results of last night's Monday Night Raw show. Plus, also, folks, we're going to go back a little couple of days to the TLC pay-per-view and talk about all the matches, of course, <clears throat> from, uh, of course, uh, represented by the Raw superstars uh, Sunday night at TLC. Give our thoughts and opinions on all the on, on the on the Raw portion of TLC from Sunday night. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special we make concerning, of course, TLC's prediction title challenge from this past Sunday, and we'll let you know about what that is here in just a few moments. <clears throat> and of course, a few little rest and extras coming your way here tonight. So, new ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling. With our wrestling news and views here segment and here to bring it to us here tonight from King Ice is the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. JD, what's going on here in the wrestling news scene this evening? Well, our first story is an interesting well, one at that. An interesting one. And let's play. Let's tell you why. I was just wondering why you'd throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's not love that's three feet above your ass. it was one of the most famous baseball movies of all time. The movie was a league of their own from 1992, however, starring Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, and Lori Petty, however. And of course, the director of that famous movie, however, was one of the most funniest, most heartwarming people you ever want to know. Her brother, of course, was known as... uh, one of the Cunninghams, however, back in the 70s and into the early 80s, Gary Marshall, who also went on to a big film career, however. His younger sister, Penny, however, was one of a kind as well. Better known to you all as Laverne Esposito, however, in the 70s comedy and the 80s comedy, Laverne and Shirley, however. Penny Marshall, of course, directed not only this movie, but Awakenings, and also appeared in many other things over the course of her life, shall we say. Late last night, however, that voice was silent suddenly, however, at the age of 75 due to health issues. Yes, folks, Penny Marshall passed away in her sleep late last night, however, as we just said, however, at the age of 75. But Penny Marshall's legacy will always live on to us as the woman, however, best known to all as Laverne Esposito, but also as a film director who directed such films as not only A League of Their Own, but awakening concerning the late Robin Williams and, of course, Robert De Niro and Julie Warner. 
Our thoughts and prayers are certainly tonight with Marshall's friends and family as we say goodbye to a true TV icon and a very unique film director at the same time. Meanwhile, however, last night's viewership power for Raw, however, did pretty well. 2.547, how up from 2.19 the week before. The first hour did 2.717, the second hour did 2.55, and the third hour did 2.36. For the night, though, the ratings did well, too, if that's not all, however. After scoring a 158 last week, or close to a 16, however, this week they went up to a 175, however. Last year's Raw at this time did a 195 with 2.78 million viewers. Meanwhile, however, in addition to that, earlier tonight in Fresno, however, GM Page, however, was relieved of her duties, however, by Shane O'Mac, however, mind you, however, as far as, as, far as GM goes, however, mind you, in title. In addition to that, they will be taping the Christmas night edition of Raw, or excuse me, SmackDown, after tonight's live edition of SmackDown, which is going on right now. Last night, they taped the uh, Christmas Eve edition of Raw, however, and we'll talk more about that after we go over the TLC uh, thoughts and everything like that. And let's just say, however, according to reports, fans left the building before the main event, if you will, last night, however. In addition to that, however, we understand that Vince McMahon was said to be very upset after Sunday's TLC show, however, involving Seth Rollins, however, and Dean Ambrose in their IC title matchup that they had with one another. And according to reports, the matchup that Rollins was supposed to have with Brock Lesnar, however, at WrestleMania 35, could now be up in the air at this point, however, according to reports. But, of course, we never know. That could um, change, however, very soon, mind you. Meanwhile, also today, however, in other sad news to report, the voice of one of the first voices of ESPN, however, back in the day, Lee Leonard, however, or, yeah, I think that was his name, Lee Leonard, if you will. Hold on a second, I just saw it. Uh, uh, like, yeah, Lee Leonard, the first voice on, excuse me, the first voice on ESPN, who said the famous words, however, in September 1979, if you're a fan, however, if you're a fan, what you'll see in the next minutes, hours, and days to fall may convince you you've gone to sports heaven, however. As a result, he died Sunday afternoon at his home in South Orange, New Jersey, at the age of 89. In addition to that, however, mind you, however, he also had a career in radio at WNBC AM in New York and TV jobs with CBS and NBC. CBS and NBC. He left ESPN a year later, however, mind you, however, and joined CNN in 19 uh, joined CNN after after leaving ESPN in 1980. He is survived by his wife, actress Kelly Bishop, and a daughter, and also worked with Jack Whitaker on CBS's NFL pregame show, The Forerunner to the NFL Today, and worked at NBC with Brian Gumble, believe it or not. Our thoughts and prayers are with Leonard's friends and family tonight. And finally, in football news, how I know Chad's not going to like hearing this, but we have to get it out of the way anyway. The Carolina Panthers' playoff hopes took a serious hit last night, however, as they lost a tough game, however, to the New Orleans Saints, however. The Saints, who did not play one of their better games of the season, however, did hang on to beat the Panthers 12-9 in what was a lackluster game. The Saints now play host to Pittsburgh this Sunday at the Superdome, however, in which Pittsburgh, after coming off a big win against Tom Brady in New England Sunday now, hope to keep their AFC North title hopes alive, however, despite the fact that the Baltimore Ravens will be playing the Chargers this Saturday night in Los Angeles, however, 
as that game will be the primetime game of the night, while in the early game on Saturday afternoon, it'll be John's boys, the Washington Redskins, taking on Tennessee in Nashville. Well, yeah, like like I like I said before, I mean, I I uh, have to really say that 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 uh, it was kind of a back kind of a back and forth thing. But I mean, at least what what the, was the most interesting thing about it was that it wasn't a blowout game. So, but that's but that's all right. I mean, Carolina played as hard as they could. I always I always say that to everybody, you know, that who said, always tries to tell me, I told you so when it comes, you know, saying, well, your team ain't going to win what. I don't give a darn if they don't win. Okay, I mean, they, as long as they play, they as long as they play well. I mean, they may think they didn't, they didn't, but hey, you know what? I still have faith in my team, and I will forever do so. And there's no one can, can tell me otherwise. Because I no one can tell John not to like the Redskins, or definitely cannot tell JD or Fonzie to like the Steelers. There you go. So I stay positive on it, folks. I may be a little bit. Upset about it, but you know what? I stay positive about it. There you go. JD, thank you very much for your service. Of course, JD, along with King and WWRT Smith, is King Ice, your 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team. They're bringing all the news to WS Radio Network. And of course, if the news doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. And of course, in GTS's case, super glue and duct tape, you cannot beat that old fashioned combination. And of course, and of course, speaking of John, let's go ahead and get let's go ahead and get to his history and birthdays. <clears throat> Here for today, uh, December the 18th, one week before the big Christmas. Absolutely, 43 years ago today, which would put it at 1975 in Tokyo, Japan. Giant Baba wins the All Japan Pro Wrestling Open Championship tournament as he bested the 20-man field with 11 points, defeating Abdul. The Butcher and Dory Funk Jr. Point. Very interesting. 23 years ago today, which we put it at 1995, <coughs> excuse me, not that, in Augusta, Georgia, Deborah Maselli, known as Medusa and also known as Alundra Blaze, returns to WCW television on Monday Nitro, fresh from being fired from, by the WWF in an effort to cut their losses. Last seen in WCW in 1993, Maselli would bring a gift she, as she cherished in the WWF, which was the WWF Women's Title, a championship she had won three times in her career in the WWF from September of 93 <clears throat> and also in April and October of 1995. With the encouragement of Eric Bischoff, she threw the belt in a trash can, effectively killing the title. The Women's Championship would not be seen again in the WWF, until September 1998, but in a 2010 interview, Deborah expressed regret over the incident, essentially saying she was just doing her job. In essence, that's exactly what happened. The incident was all but forgotten about on WCW programming a week later. Of course, the WWF made no mention of it, and why would they? The belt just ended up in the garbage. The incident did have far consequences. Legend has it the title dump played played a role in the infamous Montreal screw job at the 1997 Survivor Series for the WWF title between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. As for Medusa, after making appearances on WCW programming through June of 1997, she took a two-year hiatus until being a part of Team Madness in 1999. She became a regular on WCW programming and became a trainer at WCW's power plant 
training facility until just before WCW sale in March of 2001. When she got word that Vince McMahon was going to buy the company, she became a monster truck driver full time. Vaselli still drives her own truck to this day. She made her return to the WWE as a part of the WWE Hall of Fame class in 2015 and made her first WWE in-ring return at Revo- at at the uh, first all-women's pay-per-view evolution back in October. 23, 23 years ago today. And um, and before I continue, I'll go ahead and by the way there, folks, I will go ahead and tell you now if someone else is the man on the line here. And that's, of course, a 2017 WCW U.S. Hall of Famer. And also, a part, and also, of course, a contributor to WWS Raw Radio. He's also known as the Heartbreak Kid here in the radio network circles. <laughs> and of course, if you think of that '60s sitcom Happy Days, you think of that. You, 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 have to, you, you have to think about that one central character who did a little something just like this. He went a. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Fonzie's now made it on to episode six hundred one of Revolution. Fonzie, we do welcome you, sir. And thank you for joining us here tonight. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Uh, see, not back in 1995, on this day, Diesel defeated King Mabel in just eight seconds. The match airing on New Year's Day 1996 would be Mabel's final Raw appearance. It was a pretty match. The 1995 King of the Ring, two months after hitting his career high, he was nearly fired for injuring the then WWF champion Diesel when he did a sit-down splash onto his, onto his lower back. During their bout at SummerSlam. <clears throat> Just five days later, after the Raw match airs, Undertaker defeated Mabel in a casket match on WWF Superstars and would be gone from the company after becoming the third man eliminated from the 1996 Royal Rumble match. Excuse me for this one second there, folks, but I take care of a little something. Yes, there you go. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, 18 years ago today, we put it at 2000 on Raw from Greenville, South Carolina. The Rock and Undertaker defeated Edge and Christian to win the tag team titles. This would be the Rock and Undertaker's fourth tag team title reign, although they didn't work as a team. Also, it featured the main event, featured the main event between Vince McMahon and Kurt Angle for the WWF title. But the match never got off the ground as McMahon and Angle attacked Foley. <clears throat> Alongside Edge, Edge and Christian, and McMahon were fired Foley after stepping the man announced that the power was given back to her father after Linda was suffering a nervous breakdown. After Vince threatened her with divorce at Masses for a Garden, this would be Foley's last raw appearance for three months. Fourteen years ago today, put at 2004, WWE taped Christmas in Baghdad from Camp Spike. Uh, see, I won't pronounce this Spetcher, but I could be mispronouncing this. In Tikrit, Iraq, this will be the final time the SmackDown roster hosted Christmas in Baghdad. Baghdad, but all SmackDown, Raw, and ECW would host tribute to the troops together <clears throat> uh, afterwards. Thirteen years ago today, put at 2005, mm. Armageddon 2005, from the Dunkin' Donut Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Of course, I could use a good donut right now. This is it. With about 8,000 homes in attendance, with 320,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That's up from 230,000 homes from the 04 edition. And here are the matches from that card. JBL defeated Matt Hardy. This was Matt Hardy's first Armageddon appearance since 03, and JBL's last Armageddon match as well. 
MNM defeated the Mexicals. The match was originally for the tag team titles, but Batista and Mysterio defeated MNM just two nights before Armageddon. Chris Benoit defeated Booker T in a best of seven fall match for the, Big ball. For the fourth match for the, for the WWE United States title. Benoit would, however, trail the series three to one. Bobby Lashley defeated William Regal and Paul, and Paul Burchill in a handicap match. Also, we saw an attempted suicide with Tim White while he was being interviewed by Josh Matthews in his bar. Last time anyone saw Tim White in the WWE was at WrestleMania 20, when he returned to referee action after he was injured at Judgment Day 02 in the Hell of a Cell match between Triple H and Chris Jericho. White spoke, uh, let's see, with Josh Matthews and told him Hell in a Cell cost him everything and that he had IBS. After Matthews wished White a Merry Christmas, White pulled out his pistol and shot himself in his foot. White saga would continue in WWE.com, where when every Wednesday.com from January to April of 2006, Tim White's skits would be posted as Lunchtime Suicide. It would be. Okay. It would feature Tim eating rat poison, hanging himself, throwing an electrical toaster oven in the bathtub, even slitting his wrist, <clears throat> ingesting mad. Um, cow disease, getting run over by a car, hitting a fan, using exhaust in his car, then having a hitman shoot him to end it all. White ended his suicide grand schemes in April of 2006 to invite Josh Matthews, Matthews to his party and would end with White shooting Matthews at the friendly tap. Okay. Kid Cash defeated Hooventu to regain the Cruiserweight title. This is talking about Armageddon from 05. Uh, Rawls, Kane, and Big Show who were the uh, WWE Tag Team Champions, defeated SmackDown's Batista and Rey Mysterio, who were the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. It would be Batista's last pay-per-view match until the 2006 Great American Bash. And the Undertaker defeated Randy Orton in the Hell in a Cell match. This would be the Undertaker's seventh Hell in a Cell match. His last one was No Mercy 02 when he took on Brock Lesnar. Twelve years ago today, put it at 2006, Vladimir Kozlov would make his WWE debut and proclaim his superiority in the crowd promos over the next few weeks. Eventually, he was taken off of TV and would, and would be repackaged in March of 2008, going on an undefeated streak, defeated, defeating Jeff Hardy, Triple H, The Undertaker, and others until his streak was ended in March 2009. Kozlov still stayed around WWE after that and formed a partnership with Santino Morella. In 2010, where they won the WWE Tag Team titles, Kozlov would leave the WWE in 2011. Two years ago today, would put it at 2016, WWE presented Roadblock and in the line from the JD's favorite arena, the PPJ, PPG Paints Arena. Only two titles. That's what I said, yeah, PPG Paints Arena. I have to go PPG. No. No, that's that's AOP. <laughs> no, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, a, uh, yeah. Number, only two titles changed hands. Number one, Sheamus and Cesaro ended the New Day's longest reigning record as tag team champions. New Day had held the title since August of 2015 for dropping them to Sheamus and Cesaro. And Charlotte defeated Sasha Banks in the second ever women's Ironman match to regain the, the Raw women's title for the third time. 
One year ago today, we put it at 2017 on Raw from Providence, Rhode Island. Two huge blockbuster matches were made for the Royal Rumble. First, it would be Brock Lesnar defending his universal title against both Kane and Braun Strowman. And also making his debut on the Raw roster was Hideo Itami as he teamed up with his friend, with his friend Finn Balor, defeating the Miz Taraj. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Also, this was a lot. This really the last Raw appearance for Dean Ambrose. Ambrose will return to, to Raw in August 2018 to aid Seth Rollins against Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Also, Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon dropped a bombshell announcing that the women would be making history as they would, for the first time, have a 30 woman Royal Rumble with the winner facing their respective champion at WrestleMania. Of course, as you know, the match was won by Asuka, and she would earn the shot to face Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's title at WrestleMania 34. And John says he's got to go to the – we're not going to go to the big birthdays today, and we actually have three of them today. Ooh, okay, here we go. Number one, let's have, wish a happy 43rd birthday to Trish Stratus. There's a little bit of history on, of her right here. She grew up right. She grew up in Richmond Hill, Ontario, Canada. I'm sure that's not too far from my own King and W.O., where she attended Bayview Secondary School and enrolled at York University, where she studied, <clears throat> uh, let's see, uh, biology and uh, crap. I can't pronounce this. Uh, teens, uh, uh, oh crap. K i k i n e s i o l o g y. I cannot pronounce that to save my life. But anyway, anyway, she practiced biology. She studied biology and this subject and played soccer and field hockey. But due to a faculty strike in 1997, she was forced to change her plans. She worked out as a receptionist at a local gym where she was approached by the publisher of the Muscle Mag, Mag, of the, of the Muscle Mag International to do a test shoot for the magazine. She later appeared on the cover of the May 1998 issue and was signed to a two-year contract. For the next six months, she worked on her body and appeared on numerous magazine covers. During this time, she was the third host of live audio wrestling on Toronto Sports Radio, the Fan 590. Stratus said she was a big fan of wrestling and was a big fan of Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, among others. She caught the attention of WWF with her modeling work and would be signed in November 1999 by a multi-year contract. She debuted in March of 2000 as a heel to scout Test and Prince Albert as she would have the two joint forces as TNA. With Trish in their corner, <coughs> TNA defeated Al Snow and Steve Blackman at WrestleMania and also the Dudley Boys at Backlash. At Backlash, Stratus took her first major bump when Bubba Ray powerbombed her through a table. But Stratus would return and manage TNA. She would also manage Val Venus and lead him to the Intercontinental title. Stratus would have a feud with Lita throughout the mid part of 2000. After TNA broke up, Stratus began a romance with Vince McMahon in early 2001, in where Vince forced Trish, Trish to do a whole bunch. In a part of the invasion storyline where she teamed with Lita to defeat Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler in a brawl and panties match. After return from her injury, she regained the women's title of the 2001 Survivor Series. She resumed a brief feud with Vince McMahon. Was Vince trying to force Trish to kiss her? Kiss her behind, but she was saved. Kiss his behind, I should say. But she was saved by The Rock. Trish would drop the women's title in 2002 to Jazz after being a part of the Raw roster. 
Uh, she re regained the hardcore title and the women's title. She won the round for more than three times in her raw career, winning in an Unforgiven 2002 and at WrestleMania 19 when she beat Jazz and Victoria in a triple threat match. <sighs> this would go back to in March 2004 when she used Chris Jericho all along. At Bad Blood 2004, she regained the women's title for a fifth time and would hold on to it for a while until dropping the title on December 6, 2004 to Lita in Raw's main event. Trish would win back the title in 2005 over Lita. After being put on the shelf by Viscera, Trish would take some time off but would return in September as a face to help Ashley against Candice Michelle, Tori Wilson, and Victoria. Trish would then be with an, with an idol who adored Trish. That, of course, was Mickey James. The two had a rocky partnership with Mickey being obsessed with Trish and also kissing Trish under the mistletoe. Hmm. This led to a rivalry between the two with Mickey turning on Trish and thus having Mickey beat Trish at WrestleMania 22 to win the WWE Women's title. Trish had numerous attempts to chase the women's title. Uh, in the summer of 2006, she announced that she was going to retire and she went out with a bang as she defeated Lita on her final match to regain the WWE Women's title. But Trish, however, would, would make part-time appearances when she teamed with Lita against Jillian Hall at the Raw 15th anniversary and would also wrestle her first match in December 2008 when she teamed with John Cena to defeat Santino Morella and Beth Phoenix. She served as the guest hostess for a Raw in September 2009 and where she teamed with MVP and Mark Henry to defeat Chris Jericho, Big Show, and Beth Phoenix. She also made a guest appearance on Raw 1000 with Triple H Similar to what happened in July of 2000, where Triple H was showing Trish some holds, but Trish was the one this time on the show. She would be inducted into the Hall of Fame the next year in 2013. Then she would induct her longtime rival and friend Lita the following year on January 22, 2018. She made her return on the 25th anniversary of Raw six days later. She was a surprise entrant in the 2018 Royal Rumble as she was the number 30th entrant, eliminating Nia Jax, Mickey James, and Natalya. Before being eliminated by Sasha Banks, Trish would, be, would, would make it in her in-ring return against Alexa Bliss, but the match turned out to be a tag team match where Trish teamed up with Lita to take on Alexa and Nikki, but Alicia would take Alexa's place after Alexa would have her win the match. Next night, Trish and Lita teamed with Sasha Banks, Bailey and Natalya to defeat the Riot Squad, Mickey James, and Alicia Fox. With one, there's one down. Now we got two more to go. The next one here. Happy 48th birthday to Rob Van Dam. Growing up in Battle Creek, Michigan, and graduated graduated from high school, he made a WWF appearance in 1987, where he kissed Ted B, Ted, where he kissed uh, Ted DiBiase's foot. I think I think it's one day was he was doing giving out money or something like that at an event or something. The name RVD was given to him. In 1991, by Ron Slinker, a promoter in Florida, possibly because of his martial arts experience and his resemblance to actor Jean Claude Van Damme. <clears throat> he wrestled in many promotions across Michigan, including the USWA, SAPW. He won his first wrestling championship, the SAPW tag team title, with Chaz Rocco. He would wrestle in several independent promotions across America and AJPW where he challenged for the World Junior Heavyweight title on several occasions. He was signed in WCW in 1990 as the name Robbie V. 
He debuted in 1993 as a fan favorite defeating Pat Rose. The following month, he advanced in the tournament for the vacated World TV title, but would lose to, of course, who would be known as Kevin Nash in the second round. He would depart the company after an uneventful and forgettable run. In January 1996, he would sign on to ECW, defeating Axel Rotten in his debut match at House Party. He became a face due to his laid-back attitude and unorthodox style. He gained attention by taking on rival Sabu, which began a match at Hostel City, City Showdown and where Sabu won the match. After the match, Van Dam declined to show respect to Sabu. Van, Van Dam would ignore Sabu again after wrestling another match. Van Dam would turn heel under the management of Bill Alfonso. Sabu would, would let's see, uh, Sabu would win again against Van Dam and Hardcore Heaven, and also in a stretcher match at the pay-per-view called the Doctor Resume. After that, Van Van Dam and Sabu would become partners again and where they feuded with the Eliminators who were ECW Tag Team Champions, but they failed to win the titles. ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal, Van Dam defeated Lance Storm as he was a last minute replacement for Chris Kibos. In May 1997, Van Dam and Sabu would be joined by Jerry Lawler who would call Van Dam Mr. Monday Night. In his debut match, he would defeat Jeff Hardy, but Van Dam would leave WWF to return to East Coast. On June 13, 1997, Alfonso would join him after Alfonso betrayed Taz. Van Dam would have a rivalry with Tommy Dreamer and where Dreamer wanted to gain revenge for his betrayal of the ECW. This would also have Jerry Lawler, Sabu, Sandman, and Taz, and also Rick Rude be involved in it as well. In 1998, Van Dam became a face again and captured the world TV title over Bam Bam Bigelow. Also, he and Sabu won the ECW tag team titles over Storm and Candido, making Dam, Van Dam a double champion. But then they would lose the titles to the Dudley Boys. However, Van Dam and Sabu would win them back in December. Van Dam stayed on as the world TV champion, defending for the rest of 1998. And he started 1999 making successful title defenses. Van Dam continued to defend the title and would hold it through the rest of the rest of 1999. Van Dam would, however, drop the title after suffering a broken ankle on January 29, 2000, in a match against Rhino. He would return to ECW Hardcore Heaven in a match against Jerry Lynn. Van Dam attempted to get the World TV title but failed to win it back due to a screw job. Van Dam would not be advertised for ECW again, but he appeared at ECW's final pay per view defeating Jerry Lynn forcing ECW to close its doors. After the closure of ECW, Van Dam on July 9, 2001, he and Tommy Dreamer attacked Kane and Jericho alongside the ECW alumni who were WWF superstars as well. They would also join Shane McMahon's WCW as they were merging to Shane's WCW and Stephanie McMahon's ECW, of course known as the Alliance. RVD would trade hardcore title wins against Jeff Hardy number one in Invasion, and number two at SummerSlam in the latter match. He successfully defended the hardcore title against Matt Hardy, Tajiri, Big Show, Edge, Jeff Hardy, Chris Jericho, Kane, Tanker, and others in September. He also scored a non-title win over Stone Cold Steve Austin in the champion versus champion match. After the Invasion angle ended, Van Damme stayed with the WWF, or WWE, I should say, as he was hardcore champion at the time and became a face. Van Damme would drop the hardcore title to The Undertaker in Vengeance, he won his first uh, Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 18 over William Regal 
and became a part of the Raw brand in 2002, where he took the Intercontinental title with him. Van Dam would lose the title at Backlash to Eddie Guerrero. The two had a series of matchups with each other. In May, Van Dam would win back his second IC title in a ladder match against Eddie Guerrero. They would lose the title again to Chris Benoit in July. Benoit would lose the title back to Van Dam at SummerSlam. Van Dam was also responsible for ending the European and Hardcore Championships, where Van Dam defeated Jeff Hardy in a ladder match, and also defeated Tommy Dreamer in a hardcore match as well. Van Dam was also a contender for Triple H's World Heavyweight title, and Unforgiven. He failed to win the title against Triple H, but Ric Flair turned on him. He would get another chance at the World Heavyweight title of the 2002 Survivor Series by participating in the first ever Elimination Chamber match. From the top of the cage on Triple H, injuring Triple H in the process, he was the first man eliminated. Van Dam would try to get another World Heavyweight title match. This time it would be against Shawn Michaels. Van Dam would win the match by DQ with interference from Triple H. In early 2003, Van Dam formed a partnership with Kane where they won the WWE Tag Team titles the night after WrestleMania 19. They held the gold for three months until dropping them to live resistance. After Kane was forced to take off his mask against Triple H, Kane snapped and turned heel and choke slammed RVD. Van Dam claimed that it was Van Dam's idea for Kane to take the mask off, causing Dan Kane to lash out at Van Dam. At SummerSlam, Kane defeated RVD and would defeat him again on Raw in a steel cage match. He would win back the Intercontinental title for the fourth time in the latter match against Christian in September 2003 and held it for the remainder of three months until dropping it to Randy Orton and Armageddon. 2004, he and Booker T teamed up to win the tag team titles against Flair and Batista, but would drop them to Flair and Batista again. The team would move to SmackDown, where Booker turned heel and turned on RVD. RVD would form a partnership with Rey Mysterio, with Rey Mysterio while still continuing his singles run. The team won the WWE tag team titles in December 2004 over Kenzo Suzuki and Rene Dupree. But Van Dam would go down with an injury and they would drop the titles to the Basham Brothers. Van Dam would return to the Raw brand in June 2005 after making some appearances on the ECW One Night Stand show and on Carlito's Cabana, where, in where Carlito attacked him. Van Dam made a return in 2006 for the Rumble. So he was eliminated by Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 22. He won the second Money in the Bank match at Backlash. He regained the IC title shelf to Benjamin. It would drop it weeks later to Benjamin. Van Dam would cash in his briefcase at ECW One Night Stand to face John Cena for the WWE title with help from Edge. Van Dam would regain his would gain his first WWE title over John Cena. Afterwards, Van Dam would not only carry the WWE title but the old ECW title. Van Dam would drop both titles after he was suspended. He, he, and Sam, and he and Sabu was caught with marijuana. Van Dam made his return to ECW after after Dam Rebels in six and in early part of 2007 until he was injured by Randy Orton. Van Dam would take some time off in the WWE but made a one-time appearance at the 09 Royal Rumble as he was one of the final nine competitors but was eliminated by Chris Jericho. After Van Dam would leave the WWE to join TNA in 2010, where he defeated Sting in his debut match and also won the World Heavyweight title in April over AJ Styles. It would be forced to vacate the title after an attack by Abyss. Van Dam stuck around TNA for three years <clears throat> uh, until making his return to WWE in July 2013 in the Money in the Bank match. It would fail to win it against Randy Orton. 
He would fail to win the world heavyweight title against Alberto. Uh, let's see, Del Rio twice. After a brief hiatus, he made one more WWE run in 2014 before finishing his run in August. He would return to the independent circuit in 2015. And now the birthday moment you've been, we all been waiting for. Happy 54th birthday to what? I said, happy 54th what? birthday to what? what? Happy 54th birthday to what? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm referring to the one and the only Hall of Famer, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And here is some little bit of history on him. Born in Austin, Texas, Austin spent most of his childhood in Edna High School. Austin got a football scholarship at Wharton County Junior College. Followed by a full scholarship at the University of North Texas. Decided to become a wrestler. Austin joined Chris Adams School in the, in the Dallas Auditorium, where Adams also wrestled for WCCW. Adams was training was purely technical, teaching Austin the moves. But nothing, nothing related to KFAB or business. His first lesson in that came from Tony Falk, the referee in his 1989 televised WCCW debut against Frogman LeBlanc, who called the spots. The, to lead him to a pinfall and a $40 payday. Initially working under his real name, his name Steve Austin by Memphis Booker Dutch Mantel during the merger of World Class and the CWA into the USWA. That name change occurred to avoid confusion with Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Austin would return to Dallas, managed by Percy Pringle, who was soon to be Paul Bearer in the WWE. And also was accompanied by Jeannie Adams, Adams' ex-girlfriend, and Austin's girlfriend at the time, and feuded with Adams and his wife, Corey. He relieved the USWA in 1990 and signed with WCW the next year. It was during this time that Austin adopted the stunning nickname that followed him to WCW. Austin would be paired with a ballet named Veronica in WCW, who would be joined by his girlfriend known as Lady Blossom. He would win the WCW TV title in June 1991, defeating Bobby Eaton, and would join Paul Heyman's Dangerous Alliance. <clears throat> Austin would hold the title for 10 months until losing the title in April of 1992 to Barry Windham, but he would regain it back on May, tw- on May 23rd, 1992. He enjoyed a second lengthy reign until losing it to Ricky Steamboat. In 1993, he formed an alliance with Brian Pillman, where they were known as the Hollywood Blondes. It would win the unified NWA and WCW World Tag Team titles on March 3rd, 1993 by defeating Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas and held the titles for five months. At Clash of the Champions after Champions after Pillman was injured, Austin and Pillman would lose the titles to Anderson and Roma at, with Pillman still uh, with an injury. Austin would join the stud stable. He would defeat Dustin Rhodes to win the United States title in December at Starcade. Austin held on to the t- goal for eight months to losing it in August of 94 to Ricky Steamboat. He was scheduled to face Steamboat for the title of Paul Brawl, but was unable, to, was unable to due to Steamboat suffering a legit back injury. Austin was given the title back, but would lose it to Jim Duggan. He unsuccessfully challenged for the belt again. After return from a knee injury in 1995, he would try to win it back in a tournament. It would be eliminated by Randy Savage in the quarterfinals. After Austin would be fired by WCW President Eric Bischoff while after suffering a triceps injury while wrestling on a Japanese tour, Bischoff and WCW didn't see Austin as a marketable wrestler, although Bischoff claimed Austin was difficult to work with. 
Austin <clears throat> did make his debut to ECW in 1995, disguised himself as Hulk Hogan, and he cut in a promo shoot on WCW and Eric Bischoff. Also would mock Eric Bischoff as well uh, as as well. He would be joined by Bongo, which was a set of drums and introduced Monday Nyquil. Austin did wrestle some ECW matches against Sandman and Mikey Whipwreck in, in 1995, but failed to regain the ECW title. After, afterwards, he would debut in the WWF and would join TTBIC's Corporation in January 1996, in where he was awarded the seven-year million-dollar championship, which it was born. Of course, it was born in 1989. Austin would defeat Salvia Vega in his WrestleMania debut match. After DiBiase left the WWF thanks to a loss against Savio Vega. Austin would go solo and would go on to win the 960 in the ring. His most infamous promo happens started the uh, started the Attitude Era when he said Austin 316's had this whip chore. You know what I'm talking about. He went on to defeat Mark Merrill and Jake Roberts in the tournament before saying those words that will forever be wrestling will be uh, words in wrestling lore, wrestling history. Austin would then defeat with Bret Hart, but before that, Austin would attack his former friend Brian Pillman. I believe that Brian Pillman threatening to shoot Austin on November, November 4, 1996. At the 96 Survivor Series, Austin would lose to Bret Hart. The two would still continue to feud. <clears throat> At the 97 Royal Rumble, entering his number five entrance, he would win the match, thus becoming the second man to win the Royal Rumble. Then early entrance, similar to Ric Flair, winning at number three at the 92 Royal Rumble. Austin would not main event WrestleMania as there was controversy surrounding the match. He would get his first opportunity at the WWE title when he took on Bret Hart, Vader, and The Undertaker in a fatal four-way match. It would be eliminated by would be eliminated by Bret Hart. Austin and Hart's feud would still continue to go on with Hart turning turning heel <coughs> heel as he blamed the fans. And Austin and of course by and by doing so, Austin was turned into a face. At WrestleMania in a submission match, Austin <coughs> Uh, lose so much blood that he would lose the, that he would lose the match to Bret Hart, but was cheered for his resiliency. He would be a fan favorite and would and would feud with the reformed Hart Foundation. At SummerSlam, Austin battled Owen Hart for the IC title. Austin attempted to move on Owen Hart uh, on Owen, but Owen would reverse into a tombstone pile driver hold, resulting in a broken neck and a temporary paralysis for Austin. Austin will have her get to his feet and win his first Intercontinental title. Prior to the injuries, he had won two tag team titles with Duke Love and Shawn Michaels. Austin would be forced to vacate the Intercontinental and the tag team titles out here on September 22, 1997. His feud with Vincent Mann would change the world when Austin would attend action again as a viral series to take on Owen Hart for the IC title, where Austin won back his second Intercontinental title. He would then feud in, with, the, with The Rock and where The Rock would take Austin's IC title. At In Your House, Degeneration X, Austin reclaimed his belt by defeating The Rock, but Austin would hand the belt <clears throat> uh, see, back, back to The Rock the next night, only to be scanned again by Austin. Austin would throw the IC title belt the next week off a bridge. 1998, Austin announced his intentions to win the 1998 Royal Rumble and win the WWF title. Austin would win the Royal Rumble for the second time as a number 24th entry tying Hulk Hogan's 1990 and 1991 record. The next night, Austin confronted Mike Tyson, sparking a rivalry between the two. Tyson would then join Shawn Michaels' Degeneration X as a distraction to try to lure Austin in winning the championship at WrestleMania 14, but it failed. At WrestleMania 14 on March 29, 1998, Austin would win the title over Shawn Michaels. 
Next night, Austin would kick off his first frame with a bang by stunning McMahon for the second time, leading to an ongoing feud between the two. On April 13, 1998, Austin McMahon faced off for the WWF title, leading the Raw to defeat WCW in Nitro in the ratings, but Dude Love would interfere in the match and attack Austin. <clears throat> Unforgiven and over the edge with Vince McMahon at his side. Do Love would fail to win the title against Austin. Austin's next title defense would be against Kane, the 1998 King of the Ring. Kane had defeated the, his brother, the Undertaker, to win the number one contendership spot. Kane challenged Austin to a, to a first blood match where Kane stated that if he lost the match, he would set himself on fire and breathe his last breath. Kane would win the title at King of the Ring with assist from Mankind and unlikely assist from The Undertaker, but Austin would win back the title over Kane the next night. He would then feud with The Undertaker, Duo would win the WWE Tag Team titles that were loaded over Kane and Mankind, but they would drop them back to Kane and Mankind in August of 1998. At SummerSlam, the two faced off, with Austin successfully to retain the title against The Undertaker. McMahon wanted desperately to get the belt off of Austin and advised a master plan for Kane and The Undertaker to take the belt off of Austin, and they did a breakdown Kane and the Undertaker would pin Austin, but the title would be vacated as McMahon <clears throat> was going to present Kane or the Undertaker as, as the new champion. The next night, Austin appeared in, on a Zamboni machine to crash the party and attack McMahon, but then would be arrested the following week. Austin was dressed as a doctor after McMahon was attacked by Kane and the Undertaker and attacked McMahon as a doctor. And one more following week, Austin would drop Sinmin and Mr. McMahon's Corvette only making Mr. McMahon furious <clears throat> that he would force Austin to referee the match between Kane and the Undertaker at Judgment Day for the WWF title, where McMahon said that if Austin didn't raise Kane or the Undertaker's hand, then he would be fired. Austin refused to listen, and true to his word, McMahon fired Austin. However, Austin would be reinstated after holding McMahon hostage and having a toy gun to his head. Austin appeared at the 98 Survivor Series Championship Tournament, defeating Big Boss Man by DQ and would advance to the semifinals before eliminated by Mankind. Next night, he would receive his title match against The Rock, but would lose the match due to interference by The Undertaker, where Undertaker hit Austin with a shovel. Taker would play one more mind games on Austin by attacking him in the hospital and attempting to embalm him and also crucifying him to The Undertaker's symbol. At rock bottom, Austin would defeat The Undertaker in a buried alive match to enter the 1999 Royal Rumble. Permit man's orders, Austin would be forced to enter as the number one entry. Commissioner Shawn Michaels said Austin would face McMahon as the number two entry. Austin McMahon would wrestle in the 99 Royal Rumble, but as Austin eliminated the number three entry, McMahon would set, up, would set up Austin by having a corporation attack him in the bathroom. Austin would return to the match, and he and McMahon would be the last two, similar to the 95 Royal Rumble match between Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog. This time it would be McMahon that eliminated Austin with help from The Rock. Next night, McMahon waived his privilege to go to WrestleMania 15, giving the spot back to Austin, thanks to Shawn Michaels. Austin would win the, the championship for the second time at WrestleMania 15 over The Rock. The Rock would, however, make fun of Austin by taking Austin's custom smoking skull belt and throwing it off a bridge and throwing Austin off of a bridge as well. Austin would have a return and defeat The Rock at Backlash to retain the title and take his belt back. Austin would feed with The Undertaker again as The Undertaker would kidnap Vince's daughter Stephanie. At Over the Edge, Austin dropped the title to the, title to the Undertaker with help from Shane McMahon. On June 7, 1999, Vince McMahon announced that he was a higher power, but he could screw Stone Cold Steve Austin out of the title. 
but also would get back at Vince by becoming the CEO of the, of the WWF. The McMahons would regain their share back at the 1999 King of the Ring, defeating Austin in the ladder match. Next night, Austin won back the title over The Undertaker for the fourth time and would defeat The Undertaker in a first blood match at Full Loaded, but he would drop the title at SummerSlam to Mankind, and after the match, he would be attacked by Triple H. After he would then feud with Triple H for the WWF title. And no mercy, Triple H defeated him to retain the title, but as the 1999 Survivor Series event between The Rock, Triple H, and Stone Cold was set to be underway, Stone Cold was ran down by an assailant and would be taken to an ambulance. Stone Cold's replacement would be The Big Show, as The Big Show would regain the title. Austin, however, would need to take time off due to the neck injury he suffered in 1997. His first appearance would be at Halftime Heat 2000. On January 2000, he completed surgery. It would take more time off. He made a one-off appearance in April 2000 by blowing Degeneration X's bus and also helping The Rock win the title at Backlash. Austin would make a full-time return to the WWF in the fall, but find the manager ran him down. In October, Rikishi announced that he was the man that ran Austin down and did it for The Rock. No mercy, Austin faced Rikishi in an unsanctioned match where Austin attempted to run down Rikishi, but he did hit a police car and, that got for, it was for, and Austin was forced to be arrested. Austin had another assailant to deal with as <clears throat> a mystery assailant would attack Austin. The mystery hitman would prove to be Triple H, and where Triple H called the rundown to the 99 Survivor Series at the 2000 Survivor Series, Austin forced Triple H on top of a forklift in their match and would throw Triple H's car 50 feet through the forklift. Austin and Triple H continued their feud in late 2000, early 2001, and where Austin won his third Royal Rumble as a number 27 entrant becoming the fourth man to win at number 27. Of course, Big John Studd did it in 89, Yokozuna in 93, and Bret Hart in 94. John, there's so much here, man. Austin and Triple H's feud would die down at no way out 2001. Triple H winning a two out of three falls match at WrestleMania 17. Austin shockingly turned his back on the fans by joining old rival Vince McMahon and won the WWF title over The Rock. Triple H would join Austin and McMahon. Triple H and Austin would be known as the two-man power trip. It defeat Candy Undertaker to win the WWF Tag Team titles. This would be Austin's fourth Tag Team title uh, reign, but they would drop the titles to Benoit and Jericho as Triple H suffered an injury. Austin would become a face for a brief moment in the invasion angle. We're going back to the old Stone Cold, but at invasion, Austin turned his back on Team WWF and would lead the alliance as well. Austin would lose the title unforgiven to Kurt Angle, but would win it back in October for a six-time over-angle tying The Rock's record. Austin would turn face after the invasion angle died down, but would lose his opportunity of winning the first undisputed title when he lost the WWF title to Chris Jericho at Vengeance. In 2002, there was difficulty between Austin and WWF. After defeating Scott Hall at WrestleMania, Austin walked out for the first time, but would return on April 1, 2002 as a part of the Raw roster, feuding with Ric Flair, the NWO, and Eddie Guerrero. Then on June 10, 2002, Austin would walk out of the WWE as creative booked him to lose against Brock Lesnar in the King of the Ring, King of the Ring qualifier. After that, Austin had domestic problems with his wife, <clears throat> Deborah, where Austin attacked her. Austin would be arrested for the cause, but Austin McMahon would patch things up in 2003 <clears throat> with, uh, let's see, with Austin returning to the WWE in February of 2003, wrestling only three matches before defeating his former boss, Eric Bischoff, at No Way Out, uh, and also Monday Night Raw. 
until he lost to the Rock at WrestleMania 19. But before that, the match could happen the night after WrestleMania. Austin suffered a panic attack and would be in the hospital overnight. Austin would retire from wrestling and would step into a more authority role by becoming the co-GM, a position he held from April 2003 to March of 2004. Austin would make some WWE appearances and also became a part of the WWE movies. WrestleMania 21 was a part of Piper's Pit, where he and Piper attacked Carlito. He was stunned Piper as well. He would then join ECW in their fight at ECW one night standing against the WWE alumni. Austin would attack the McMahons at Raw Homecoming in October, forcing the firing of JR. Austin was scheduled to face the coach to get JR's job back. But due to an injury, Austin was forced to pull out. Austin made some more WWE appearances. He would induct Bret Hart to the Hall at WrestleMania 23, where Donald Trump was in Bobby Lashley's corner and Vincent Mann was in Drew corner. Lashley would win the match. Austin would continue to make more appearances in 07 and 08. As well, he would be inducted into the Hall of Fame in 09 and would be the Raw guest host in 2010 and followed up making some more Raw appearances in 2011. And John says, of that is a long history and birthday. Yeah, John, I do agree. 2014, he returned to WrestleMania to share a moment with The Rock and Hulk Hogan. He would make some more appearances with the WWE and also host a Stone Cold podcast on the, on the WWE Network. His final appearance will be at Raw 25 when he will stun Shane and Vince. Who knows when Stone Cold will come back to make a WWE appearance soon. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for the rest of history and birthdays for today. Thank you. Uh, you could have written a whole, like, a whole chapter book or maybe at least a couple books or played at least a three-hour video game or six and twelve hours of video games the way the whole encyclopedia was but good work actually thanks a lot there john was 100 percent jd thank you very much there sir for the rest of news and views here for tonight uh ladies and gentlemen unfortunately during this we lost our video at awa us i will not make another attempt to get another one on there and i apologize for what happened there but i mean obviously there must have been some problem with Facebook or something. I'm not sure what what was going on, but uh, we'll uh, <clears throat> but we'll go ahead and continue on without that here tonight. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's go ahead and bring this one more time. One six zero five five six two zero four four four. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. This is episode six hundred and one of Revolution for Tuesday, December eighteenth, two thousand eighteen. <clears throat> Uh, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw, the Iceman Jared DiGiromo, and the Human Suplex Machine John Gross. Uh, I do we have, have a couple of other news. Sorry, I do have a couple other news items to talk about. We'll talk about it in a second. Now. Go ahead. Okay, we did have the heartbreak kids. Fonzie, apparently he must have had to step away or something. I'm not sure what happened. But uh, hopefully he'll be back on here before the show ends here tonight. Uh, before we get to, of course, our some of our topics here tonight, let's go ahead and see what JD had. JD has a couple more quick stuff he needs to report. Go ahead, JD. First off, Nia Jax lost to Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey at WWE TLC on Sunday, and she was backstage for last night's Raw in Sacramento, but she was not used. Jax also did not appear at the Christmas Eve Raw taping that took place after the live broadcast. A fan tweeted, however, about how Jax's, quote, usual took a, quote, long vacation after getting a push. She simply responded and wrote, quote, yep. At least you know the drill, emoji, however. Mama needs some R&R, however, emoji. Keep tweeting about it. It'll get you nowhere, however. But I'm sure it'll make you feel better, emoji, however. 
Okay. Uh, in addition mm-hmm. to that, in addition to that, however, uh, we understand. However, uh, Dana Brooke has a message for her critics. However, she had definitely had this to say. However, about uh, I guess her match last night. However, feels so good to be in the ring competing with the top women. I'm feeling it, getting my aggression going. At Vince McMahon wants to shake things up, he can count on me. Haters, shut it. I absolutely love to wrestle. Merry early Christmas to me. Hashtag WWE Raw. Oh my and let's see, let's see, there was another story I did here, however, uh, give me a second here, folks. Uh, I know those. Okay, here we go. Uh, there was another thing I did see. The WWE NXT TV tapings are scheduled. The NXT TV tapings are scheduled for Wednesday, February 20th on Full City University are quickly sold out on Monday. The January 3rd tapings and the January 30th tapings are also sold out. These are the only NXT TV tapings announced for 2019, believe it or not. And we understand okay, Bray Wyatt had plenty to say on Twitter. And as far as last night's uh, segment goes, how the raw production sheet how are leaked online, believe it or not, however. According to reports, the opening matchup of the night, however, was actually not the Kurt Angle-Corbin match. It opened in the pre-show warm-up power with Zack Ryder, Mojo, Raleigh, however, mind you. But we heard, however, Michael P.S. Hayes did two segments during the show. The McMahon family uh, segment, however, which involved Corbin, Kurt Angle, Stephanie, Shane, Triple H, and uh, like I said, that whole thing. In addition to that, he produced the same match, however, mind you, for segment number three, which was the Angle-Corbin match. Arn Anderson, however, took care of segments four and five, which was the Finn Balor-Dolph Ziggler match. Jamie Noble dealt with the Dean Ambrose in-ring promo, however, for the IC title, in which then it went into Tyler Breeze versus Dean Ambrose. Meanwhile, Dean Malenko, however, and Devon Dudley, however, did segments nine and ten, which was the tag team fatal four-way that saw the Revival win, however, mind you. And in the main event, however, that saw Natty win the match, however, Natty's husband, Tyson Kidd, and Jason Jordan were the producers of that segment. Oh, interesting. Okay, thank you very much there. Uh... And then we do have an update also on SmackDown. Uh, they are taping right now the Christmas night show, but we do know tonight Andre Almas and Daniel Bryan did lose to AJ and Mustafa Ali in a very good main event, believe it or not. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh... Thank you very much there. Uh, <clears throat> thank you very much there, JD, there for that, uh, for those um, quick updates. I really do appreciate that there as well. Uh, <clears throat> but um, anyway, now let's go ahead. After we do TLC and Raw Thoughts, I do have also the Raw spoilers for Christmas Eve. Let's just say, I thought last night was good. Let's just say next week they're going back to the same old crap, and we'll tell you why. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll have to see what happens with, their, with, with that indeed there, folks. So. Uh, anyway, there, folks, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get right back to get, get right to the here. We're, we're running a little bit behind here, folks. I apologize for that. We had a prior difficulty with the live video feed getting it started tonight, but uh, we are we, we, managed, we managed to get it uh, managed to uh, uh, we managed to, of course, get it going for a short time, but unfortunately, I guess some, some, at some point, we, 
it, we just lost it. We don't know what happened. Uh, let's go ahead right fast. And like I said, and JD and John, if I can just ask you this, just to give, like, give a couple of brief parts to uh, to the Raw matches here, of course, from TLC. So we can try to get everything in here for tonight. Because there's one other thing I do want to try to do here this evening as well. Um, first match we'll talk about here is the Intercontinental title match. Of course, at the time, Seth Rollins defending against Dean Ambrose. J.D., your thoughts about this match? This was an okay match, but it wasn't a great match. And we know that Vince chewed them both out, and we understand, backstage after this match, however, and rightly so. I think Dean went into business for himself. It showed that he really didn't, it didn't matter who won the match, but it just showed his ego got the best of him, however. And the question is, however, is Dean going to be punished for that? Well, we saw last night, however, apparently he didn't, however, by taking on Prince Pretty, the gorgeous one, and tell Tyler Breeze. But, you know, how it's just, I don't know. It's just, I think, however, he uh, went into business for himself, however, and it showed, however, and I think, however, uh, that it was an okay match. It was a long match, like 20, 22, between 20 and 22 minutes. It wasn't bad, but it just it was it wasn't a great match. I was very very disappointed in the way they presented this one. John says this match was an okay contest, but with Vince not being happy, he didn't like the match. John thinks Ambrose wanted to go in business for himself, but congratulations to him for winning the IC title for the third time. Good point there, John. Thank you very much. All right, next one here we'll talk about is one that I like, John says, but John didn't see Ambrose holding on. Doesn't see him Ambrose holding the title for very long. He sees him losing to either Finn or Elias. Or, or yeah, I could, I could too. I could too. Yeah, I could too, really. Yes, or or possibly if, if this man comes in as a face, possibly more so. Another possibility. Um, all right, let's see. The next one here we'll talk about here. It's the match between Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman. Of course, we all saw what happened there. And that's why a lot of people was 100% uh, 100% uh, uh, pleased to see all this. Uh, J.D., let's hear you. I know you got to have a big smile on your face. <laughs> Happy days are here again, shall we say, Howard. And it just was not the... It wasn't a good night for that old cock stain. And the cock stain got what was coming to him. So he tried and pleaded and groveled and basically said he's going to win by default. Well, guess what? How'd that feel there, Corbin? Oh, that's right. You got your ass kicked by Angle. You got your ass kicked by Rude and Gable. Heath Slater and uh, Finn Bauer even took a few shots on you. So guess what, Corbin? At the end of the night, Howard, you can go cry to your boyfriends, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, and say, Howard, help me, help me, help me, Howard, get my job back. Well, guess what? You'll be uh, basically on the unemployment line, my friend. And guess what? You got what was coming to you all along because now happy days are here again. Or are they? John says, uh, Dean Don Corbin's reign as GM is dead. Strowman, Angle, Rude, Slater, Gable, Cruz, and Balor show Corbin who really is in charge here. Good point of view there, John, indeed. Thank you very much there, sir. Uh, Next one here we'll talk about here is the Raw Women's Title match. Ronda Rousey defending against Nia Jax. JD, your thoughts here, please. Ronda didn't do too bad, but we would see Ronda make a big factor later in the night. However, she did okay. She didn't do great. I thought I was a little disappointed on her outcome. I mean, she did all so so to somewhat fair. Uh, Nia, I mean, I'm surprised. However. I mean, I'm not surprised Nia lost, however, but, I mean, I think it only made sense for Nia to lose, however. I mean, she tried to give it a good effort, and she kind of, kind of, 
sort of did in a way, but at the end of the night, how Ronda Rousey once again shows who is the best bitch in the Raw division right now holding that belt. And it's not Alexa Bliss, it's not Nia Jax, and it sure as hell ain't uh, any of these others right now. Ronda Rousey, for the time being, is still on top. But for how much longer, that's the bigger question. And keep, everyone keeps saying, oh, it could be maybe at the Rumble she loses the belt, or at WrestleMania to Becky, the man, or even Charlotte Howard in a rematch hour, and Charlotte takes her title. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, even Nikki, maybe one of the new girls like Nikki Cross, how are uh, surprised this is all. But the one person I hope they don't have her drop the belt to, like I said, is someone like Lacey Evans or Alexa Bliss. I mean, they're like each other. Goody, goody, and just arrogant, blonde, bimbo bitches. We don't need to see that happen. I agree 100%. John just had one more thing about the Strowman Corbin match. He says, so Corbin, to quote Jeff Jarrett, Chuck on that, you ball-headed slap nuts. <laughs> I like that. Well said, yeah. John. I love those. I love hearing those. John says, "Well, Ronda still keeps the women's revolution uh, going, and John thought Nia was going to have a good shot at it, seeing that she won the title at WrestleMania. But good effort by Nia on her part. After that, Nia got one more surprise headed her way, and that was obviously Becky Lynch. So there you go, there, John. Yeah, that <clears> was good to see. However, that was really good to see because she said, "Keep your mouth shut." Crunch. <laughs> like I said, we saw what would happen later in the night, Howard, when Becky, when Becky, Charlotte, Ronda, and uh, Oscar dealt with each other, shall we say? Absolutely. And, and of course, John says, "Guess Nia's right hand didn't do her." John says, uh, "Nia's right hand didn't do her any favors." I guess. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, next matchup here we'll talk about here is the one between Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre. Uh, JD, your thoughts on this? Finn definitely needed the win, however, because he has been up and down for most of the year, however. I mean, one couple of weeks he's really like sizzling hot, however, and lightning hot, however, to use the term loosely, and he can set the world on fire, and he can win some big matches and uh, come through with some big, uh, decent quality, solid, above average, to somewhat so-so fair in the middle road type, half good, half fair matches. Other times he's like way down in the below, the, down in the freezer, locked up, and trying to get out of the freezer and not uh, freeze to death how, and basically end up shivering and turning into a human popsicle or uh, let's just say an uh, ice cream, uh, like a bowl of ice cream, how, like uh, just uh, freezing all over the place and let it snow all over him. I hope 2019 turns out to be a better year for him. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't done much in the this lately, but I think it was a good start, however. Uh, McIntyre, I still think, Howard, I've said this many times over, Howard, will, it will be his year next year, barring injury, barring anything else, Howard, I think he's off, he's going to have a big breakout year next year, he might be the Seth Rollins of the, the MVP next year, 2019, you might want to watch out for him or AJ to break through in 2019, although AJ has done it before, I think 2019 will be the year of McIntyre. Well, I, well, I 100% agree with that, I 100% agree with that. Uh, <clears throat> And John C. John, they said something else about the uh, um, uh, John was saying something, a couple more things about the women's title match. He said, and he, when he said Nia's right hand didn't do her any favor, she he also said that leads him to another question. He wants to see Becky and Charlotte join Raw to take Ronda's title. John believes it's going to happen. John says he was surprised that uh, now he goes on to the uh, match between Balor and McIntyre. John was surprised that Balor got the W here against McIntyre. He needed Dolph Ziggler's help of all people. Balor found his current call last Sunday against McIntyre. Now it's on 2019. See if he chases after the Universal title and goes into the Royal Rumble match. 
But John says he still wants McIntyre to have a breakout year in 2019. John would love to see McIntyre continue his breakout year. He's John says he is saving Raw as far as he is concerned. Good point there, John. Very, very good point about that. Uh, next up here, of course, the ladder match, of course, from the guitar hanging above the ring. Uh, uh, Elias versus Bobby Lashley. J.D., your thoughts about this match? Well, you know, I mean, I didn't see this. How enough to go back and watch it? I heard it wasn't that great. I just wish to God they would end this feud already, however. I mean, seriously, I mean, Elias can do so much more than this. Lashley, however, just continues, however, to have his boyfriend, the Gary Coleman, Terrell Owens, want to be lackluster, pissant, lethargic Leo Rush, who I cannot stand more and more because he's a little pissant. And then Bobby Lashley thinks he's so cool, however, by doing his little poses now and everything like that. I mean, they've crapped all over him since the whole thing with Roman. I said this time and again. I mean, what was the point of bringing him back? They haven't done anything right with him for a while now. Unless they have plans for him in the new year, however, going into 2019 and beyond, however, they better think of something quick for Lashley. Otherwise, if I'm him, I would say, you know what? What was the point of me coming back to WWE? I mean, maybe I'll go to back to MMA or something like that. They haven't done anything with him at all. Uh, John, your take on Elias versus Bobby Lashley here? Uh, um, and uh, I think John John's talking about Drew McIntyre here. He says he and Seth Rollins are the main reasons why Raw is still around. Um, and of course, now he's talking about Elias and Lashley. He says why they put this match on the pre-show was beyond John John's comprehension. But John can't agree with JD on this. But Elias gets the W again. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. We done this one, two, three. Uh, one more match we'll talk about here, and that is the one, of course, the tables match pitting Natalia versus Ruby Riot. JD, your thoughts here? Payback was certainly hell for the Riot squad, however. I mean, you think about it. Natty, however, knew that Ruby and her minions are of the Smurf, Sarah Logan, however, Liv Morgan, the blonde bimbo that she is, however, and Sarah, the Viking tough girl, Logan, however. We we're going to come out swinging, however, and definitely Natty had a game plan. And in the end, how Ruby went through her own table, thanks to Natty. Uh, I was surprised that uh, Liv was not concussed, and I think I heard she was knocked a little loopy. I'm sure she went backwards to that table, and, and when she hit the table full, like with her back head. Overall, I mean, it wasn't bad, however. I mean, it was okay, but I, I'm hoping this is the beginning of the end of their feud. They can do so much more. Uh, it's just they haven't done much with Ruby as of late. Natty's starting to get a little bit of a push now. Whether or not that lasts a good while or how much long it lasts remains to be seen. But it was okay. But again, I just, I wish they would end this already. And I hope they do end this feud. they got to do something else with both these girls. It's time to go on to something better. But I do think, I mean, Cole keeps saying every week, oh, basically how Ruby's going to be a champion in 2019. She could very well be at some point, maybe. You never know. But I think it's time to ditch the, just the whole, I mean, every time I see her, like I said, I call her the page gothic tattooed uh, black lipstick wearing freak and she is she's a little spacey and out there with her friends but like I said I think they can do so much more with her uh, now that this feud hopefully has come to an end at least I hope it has but we'll have to wait and see Natty they gotta do some more stuff with her uh, but how much longer are they gonna keep her? I mean how much longer is she gonna keep wrestling she's been wrestling 8, nine, ten years I understand uh, does she have another chance to win the women's title or go 
and become a champion again down the road? Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, however, we'll have to wait and see how much longer she wants to keep competing. But it was okay, but like I said, I just hope this feud is now officially the end with these two. But you never know. They could continue it, but I hope they don't. We'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. John says here, sweet revenge for Natalia. She brought down Helm on the Riot Squad, and boy, she did. Loved when, when Natalia used Jim Nyhart's jacket by shoving Ruby through, yeah, through her that own table. Was, that's one thing I was going to say. That was another thing that was very cool. Yeah, after the match, she brought the sunglasses out, brought the jacket out, the pink jacket out, and uh, paid homage to her father and held one finger in the air in honor of, I'm sure, her uh, dad, her mom, and uh, definitely her uh, nephew, Owen, and uh, her out like the bulldog and all those her family members. That, that was probably a that was a very classy thing to see. Uh, <clears throat> Natalia took down the riot squad and didn't need and didn't need any help to do it. John says he believes come 2019, Natalia needs to get a push at the Raw Women's Title. I agree. <clears throat> John says. Natalia did. Oh, we do have an update. We do have an update from like I said, we do have an update from SmackDown. We'll tell you right now. Luke Gallus and Carl Anderson won a multi-team match that also featured the Usos and Sandy. The New Day were on commentary and on Christmas costumes with white beards and Santa Claus hats. The bar were also being tied for the match, however. Uh, Gallus and Anderson got the pin for their team afterward. The uh, New Day threw pancakes to the crowd while Xavier played Francesca. Next, R-Truth and Carmel come out dressed as Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Oh, God. They did a dance break to Christmas songs and Truth messed up the names of Santa's reindeer. Daniel Bryan interrupts and said they aren't real. AJ and Santa are also not real. Promo, Brian cuts a promo on materialism and the environment. Brian said Santa will not exist if the glaciers continue to melt. Truth thinks it's a joke. Brian says Truth's career has been a joke. That's true. Truth mentions his number 30 spot on the Rumble and possibly challenging Brian at WrestleMania 35 if Brian can keep the title shot that, that long. Brian says Truth can't even count to 30. Truth counts 1, 2, 3, 7. They do another 8-second dance break, but Brian interrupts by dropping Truth mid-dance. Brian applies the LaBelle lock to Truth while Carmelo looks on. Brian breaks the hold, stomps on Truth and goes for his leg. Brian leaves with the title held high above his head and into the booze of the fans. So that's what we got so far as far as Christmas night goes for next week on SmackDown. JD, do appreciate that. And John, JD and John, thank you very much for providing us. But I think he also about- got injured tonight. According to reports, it says here, however, it says, it says however, uh, right now it says here, uh, where is it? Okay. Our correspondent tonight's taping showed that ringside trainers immediately came over and checked on him after the matches. Ali and AJ were celebrating the win over Brian and Almas. It should be noted that trainers were already ringside during the match and did not come out to just check on Brian. Our correspondent, Adam Meredith, adds that Brian did walk off the ramp on his own, but he did not carry the title with him, and he described the spot as, quote, a little ugly and looking like Ali came up short from a live perspective. Now, from those, it says here, who missed it, the match ended, however, when Ali hit the 054 on Brian and then pinned him below. Below is a GIF of Ali making a bad, land, bad landing on the champion. Ali could be heard saying, I'm sorry to Brian as the match ended, however, mind you, however. So there you go. Thank you very much there, J.D. and you and John, thank you very much for your review of the Raw matches for TLC. Uh, let's go ahead and get a quick, uh, quick uh, we might have to go past 11 o'clock hour here, guys. But I do want to try to get everything in that we did advertise to do here tonight. <clears throat> Let's see, John, um, just uh, uh, your overall opinion about uh, a couple quick opinions about last night's Monday Night Raw show, please. 
I says, finally, Raw got a better show, and we got a better show. Triple H, Stephanie, Shane, and Vince telling us that we were the authority now. And uh, <clears throat> let's see. And Johnson's about time the eyes were open for one night. Glad that Corbin got another beat down again, and he shouldn't be part of a desktop. His job should be wrestling, not a desk job. John, I do, I do agree, one hundred ten percent there. As far as the Intercontinental title match, Tyler Breeze also accepts another open challenge because he did accept Ricochet's challenge in NXT and he accepted Ambrose's challenge on Raw. He's very close on some occasions. John says he, he does admit that. But Ambrose is still the champion. Bible finally get a win after being overlooked by the Lucha House Party, and they will take on Rude and Gable for the tag team titles. That will be a good match. Main event, a surprising match made by Stephanie McMahon. Gauntlet women's match with Natalia women at all, winning it all. But you have to hand it to Bailey for being in there for about 20 minutes. And now Christmas Eve, it'll be Natalia versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw women's title. Johnson says it's the first time in a long time. Raw finally opened up. John, that's and said we will have to wait and see what happens on Christmas Eve. And John says this for his review of Monday Night Raw. John, thank you very much. Uh, JD, are you warmed up? Are you cooled off and warmed up? You know what? I'll save my stuff for tomorrow. I'll save it for tomorrow. We're going to do SmackDown tomorrow. Okay. Well. <laughs> well. Uh, well. Okay. Well. Okay, then I guess we'll have to I'll have to try to start a little bit earlier then, so that way you'll have time to do both. Uh, <clears throat> but in the meantime, here, folks, J- so JD is going to save. So we may have like, it looks like we're going to have a double icebreaker here tomorrow from JD for both Raw on his thoughts about Raw and SmackDown tomorrow night. So okay, well that will be a real interesting treat. Okay, uh, so thank you very much, there, guys. And and of course now let's go ahead and get right down here to the nitty gritty. Of course, as you know, ladies and gentlemen. 
TLC 2018, we did also have, once again, another one of our infamous uh, prediction title challenges. The singles belt up for grabs this time around was the NWA US Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship. And the tag title belts was the NJPWS Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. And ladies and gentlemen, as, as, we, as I always do here, of course, <clears throat> I do double check every single, every single one of our predictions here that are made by, by everyone taking part. This time around, the Iceman, Jerry DiGirolamo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler, the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie, the Empress, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, and the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, took part in this and in, in the TLC Prediction Title Challenge. And I am pleased to report, ladies and gentlemen, of course, it was 12 matches. It was, this was not really surprising. This was all a very, very close, close shot. This was, this was all very, very close indeed in numbers. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring it here to you. In a three-way tie for third place with seven predictions correct, the Iceman, Jared D. Geralmo, the Empress, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, and Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler, had seven predictions right, as I said. <clears throat> and then, so that so that tied for second place, the Heartbreak Kid Fonzie and the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds with eight predictions apiece. Ladies and gentlemen, Fonzie and MLD are your new NJPWS Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. So ladies and gentlemen, with nine predictions correct, your new NWA US Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion is the human suplex machine, John Gross. John, congratulations on picking up the NWA US Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight title. And here you go, sir. All prestige right here, here for you. And there you, and there you go, sir. <clears throat> and, uh, and, Jay, and John, I have another surprise for you. I'm not sure when we'll be able to take, <laughs> we'll be able to take care of this, do this or not. But in addition to winning the title, we somebody already has already challenged you for this title, and John, that person is Mr. Hulkamania. Bob Ziegler has challenged you already for the NWA US Mid Atlantic Heavyweight Belt, and he does know that you will only do your competitions on Sundays, and so he's going to let me know what date is good for him, and we'll get back here with you on when we will be doing that matchup here. Uh, JD, if you'd like to speak for just a couple seconds, uh, tell you what, just for a, a quick treat, uh, go ahead and I'll let you take care of the quick plug here. I got to step to the bathroom for just a second. Go ahead. I'll be right back here. Anything else you wish to say, please go ahead. I'll be right back. Okay. 1-605-562-0444-138-055, ladies and gentlemen. This is December 18, 2018, ladies and gentlemen. However, what has been... A very interesting night, however, definitely here on Revolution, however, here at AWA U.S. History Lives. However, be sure to check us out tomorrow night for our triple header beginning at 6 years outside the rose. We'll talk about the latest politics, movies, and sports, 141387, and, of course, the movie trivia challenge. Chad, myself, and John will be there. 8 o'clock, the wrestling debate, 139925-pound, Black Widow, Gerard T. Smith, myself, John, and the rest of the gang in the panel, way too tough panel, including the big IQ, Jeff T. Here's the rush run of rush right, the lowdown, Kendrick Smith, Mr. Dyser, Chad Hinshaw, and, of course, uh, some of our other members will be joining us 
for our next to last debate of the year. And then 9 o'clock, we'll be recapping SmackDown from tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and talk more about TLC on Revolution at 9 o'clock, 138055 pound. Be sure to check that out. Of course, I'll have the birthdays in H drawer, and I will have your news headlines for you as well. But like I said, tomorrow night, the fun begins at 6.30 with the latest politics, movies, and sports news, including some big movies coming out this week, Mary Poppins Returns, uh, Bumblebee with John Cena, of course, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, Aquaman. So be sure to check that out at 6.30 and possibly some movie trivia questions as well, however. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we do have an update from uh, last night's Monday Night Raw show, in case you're curious, folks. We do want to thank the PW Torch for giving us the story. Here is what happened last night on Raw, in case you want to know for next week. If you don't want to hear it, I advise you to turn it down or shut us off now. But if you want to hear us what now what it was, however, here is what happened on the show last night. That will air next Monday from Sacramento. About 20% of the audience left after the live Raw ended. The second Raw began about four minutes after the first Raw ended. It began, of course, with Elias in the ring playing his guitar wearing a Santa hat, and he promised, quote, an original Elias Christmas song. He sang for a few minutes with the primary chorus being, quote, Bobby Lashley sucks. The crowd was into Elias singing. He was then interrupted by Lashley's entrance music, which led us to our first match of the night, the Miracle on 34th Street fight between Elias and Bobby Lashley with lethargic lackluster Leo Rush to Gary Coleman, Terrell Owens, pissant wannabe, if you will. The ring was surrounded by Christmas trees, presents, of course, two tables with plates of food. Lashley started the match using a Christmas tree as a weapon on Elias. Leo Rush tried to interfere by doing a top rope splash on Elias, but Elias raised his knees to block Leo. On the outside, Lashley lined a presence into a neat row so he could body slam Elias into the presence. Leo then handed Lashley a big present box. Lashley opened it and emptied a large amount of Legos into the ring as if they were taxed. The crowd erupted into a, quote, we want Legos chant. Elias reversed Lashley and dumped him onto the Legos. Elias later dumped Leo off the ring into one of the food tables, breaking the table and getting Leo covered in food and eggnog. <laughs> Elias sprayed Lashley with a fire extinguisher, and then Elias got a bowling ball and hit Lashley flush with the bowling ball for a 7-10 split. Elias then got a cello out of a present box and hit Lashley with it across Lashley's back for the win and pin inside of 10 and a quarter minutes. Next, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable met the Revival for the Tag Team Championship. Roode and Gable were introduced first. The Revival isolated Gable for the first five minutes. Gable and Roode then retained in seven and a quarter minutes after a few rapid near falls from both teams. Very good TV match. So I guess the Revival, after winning last night, however, are buried here once again. Next, Drew McIntyre took on Finn Bauer and Dolph Ziggler in a triple threat match. Drew came out first and was interviewed in the ring by Charlie Caruso before the other introductions. Drew predicted he would be in the main event of WrestleMania during a brief, intense promo, and it said he is throwing his hat into the ring for the Royal Rumble. So I guess we have our first participant in for next month's Royal Rumble in Phoenix. Lots of one-on-one action where the wrestlers took turns recovering on the outside where the other two fighters fought. The crowd was cheering hard for Finn against Drew at 8 minutes hour. Finn then beat Dolph with a coup de grace 45 seconds later inside of eight and a half near nine minutes with big cheers. Drew then got in Dolph's face about, Dolph's face about the loss, but the, the, Dolph reversed the situation and attacked Drew and got to exit to his own music, if you will. Next, Mickey James and Dana Brooke and Alicia Phony-looking Fox, the blonde captain, uh, fake-looking blonde, took on Sasha Banks, the boss. However, Ember Moon, the war goddess, and Bailey, the huggable one, the heels all came out to Mickey's music. The face team got to enter one at a time, believe it or not, to their own music. The biggest cheer for either side were for the Bailey buddies. All six of the women had changed, of course, into different wrestling gear since their match was taped earlier in the evening. However, Bailey pinned Mickey with a Bailey to belly inside of five and a quarter minutes. 
Afterwards, Ruby, Liv, and uh, Sarah came out and cleared the face team from the ring and then left without attacking any of the six girls at ringside. Okay. Next, Paul Heyman entered while an XFL commercial aired, so he will likely be in the ring coming back from a commercial. His mic wasn't working at first, which really looked like it pissed him off. However, he said that the sound tech must have been guy must have been from Sacramento, which got huge boos. He sang a full rendition of, quote, Silent Night with lyrics about Brock was being Strowman. He got the loudest boos of the entire evening. Then Heyman went into a full promo, starting by introducing himself, hyping the Lesnar Strowman match at Rumble, and among other things, he said, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer couldn't help Strowman find a path to the Universal title. It sounds corny, but Heyman made it work. Then Braun's music hit, and the crowd erupted in cheers. Braun put a red nose and antlers on Heyman, called him the Paul Heyman, the red-nosed advocate. He told Heyman to tell his client he was going to get these hands. Very good segment to hype up their upcoming fight. And by the way, speaking of Braun, he will be in a new movie coming up next week with Will Ferrell and, of course, John C. Riley of Sherlock Holmes and Doc Watson, if you will, which looks pretty funny. Uh, next, however, number five, however, Natty versus Ronda, however, was not your main event tonight, surprisingly. Both got their own music and full ring intros, however. Cheers for Natty, a mix of booze and cheers for Ronda. They wrestled a face-versus-face style, back-and-forth Matt wrestling, dueling Let's Go, Natty, Ronda, Rousey, dueling chance to try to get started. At five minutes, Ronda had Natty in a leg scissors. Natty went for the sharpshooter, and Ronda threw her outside. Natty looked hurt, and Ronda showed remorse, but then Natty used that to her advantage and threw Ronda into a ring post. Natty trying to get Ronda into a sleeper. Howard, three minutes later, around seven and a half, near eight minutes, they sh- that shifted into Excuse me, Natty applying an abdominal an ab stretch or an abdominal stretch after Ronda escaped the sleeper. Natty continued to work Ronda over until the ten fifteen mark when Ronda got the upper hand. Ronda was telling that she didn't want to hurt Natty. Ronda, Natty got Ronda into another sharpshooter, then Ronda reversed and got Natty to tap out three minutes later at thirteen near thirteen and a quarter minutes. They ended up hugging mid ring. Ronda helped Natty to the back. From there, Charlie Caruso interviewed Seth Rollins backstage. A quick side note, however, Raw ended after about an hour and 50 minutes. It was much faster with no commercials. However, while the show may include backstage promos, the only one showed the very brief Seth Rollins promo to the live crowd, possibly to move the show along since it was the second episode of Raw being presented to the audience. Also, the only promise match for the event in the WWE advertising was Seth vs. Dean, which never took place, although we, get this, we did get to see two full Raw episodes. By the end of the show, more than half of the original crowd had already gone home and wasn't there for the Seth Corbin match, which was our main event tonight, however. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Seth came out to big applause. Corbin is still wearing street clothes instead of wrestling gear. Good back-and-forth action. The crowd was definitely cheering for Seth. Baron got in the majority of the offense, however. Seth eventually reversed the end of the days into a stomp for the win at 10 minutes. Seth gave everyone a high, ringside a high five to close out the show. And then before that, Heath Slayer versus Jinder Mahal with the Singh brothers. Soon now, uh, Singh, Slimebag Singh and uh, Samir, the uh, uh, Slimebag Singh, and of course, Soon now, the Snake Man Singh, however. Uh, the crowd was dead for the match, but managed to start a, quote, good 3MB chant. Then Santa came out of the crowd giving out presents. At about the two-minute mark, the Singh brothers mercifully for the crowd interferes with Slater won by DQ. No announcement. Santa then came in the ring to rescue Slater, and Santa was revealed to be Rhino the Man-Beast, who gave Jinder a gore and the uh, Singh Brothers for the save. Good. So a small update as to what will happen next next Monday. There, of course, Christmas Eve edition of Monday Night Raw. There, thank you very much, J.D., for covering for that. Thank you very much. It doesn't look much. like a great show. Well, I mean, maybe, like I said, they got to, if, if 
this plan of the McMahon's that they talked about last night is supposed to work. Maybe they got maybe like this guy they got to do it in baby steps, I guess. So we'll just have to wait yeah, and see I mean, how that. But, but but I mean, you first off, I mean, you put the revival. Okay, you put the revival in. I mean, to win that fatal four-way tag match. Okay, I get that. Okay, and then what are you doing the next match? Oh, next show? Oh yeah, you decided to take a steaming pile of crap all over them. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, maybe, like I said, uh, maybe they don't have a, like I said, uh, uh, a really good track record of possibly doing trying to do two shows at one time. It just wasn't seem that's what it seemed to what they were trying to do here, and and then look like then look like to me that like I said doesn't really, didn't really work out that way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, just to also let you know here, uh, our new NWA US Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion, uh, the human suplex machine, John Gross, has now come in on the line here uh, for a brief moment here. Uh, uh, and he's here he's- for his victory speech. Okay. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, or his right, brief well. victory speech. All right, John, going right ahead of me. Let's hear. Let's hear what you have to say. Well, I want to say. I want to say thank you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. What a 2018 I've had. Went becoming undefeated in all of these in all of these pay-per-views. Well, I didn't want to start an undefeated streak, but. Some took it away from me, but it doesn't. But that, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But I've dominated. I I must say I've dominated the pay-per-view the pay-per-view series. I've cho- I've known who was gonna win. I've known who who's gonna win. Known who was gonna lose. I've had great title defenses, including one against Dan. Had a lot of good championship wins over the past four years, three years of my revolution career. <laughs> I will admit that, but like but this championship belongs. This championship, this it's an honor to have to have it tonight. It's very much an honor for for me to have it tonight. And as far as the holster. Bob Ziegler goes, as far as your friend Chad Bob goes, I'm ready. I'm ready to give him give him his shot. Well, well, I did tell him that you were you only were do, do, do it on Sundays, and so he says you. He, he I'm says ready to you, give him his shot. Anytime, anywhere, any Sunday, it's my honor. It is my honor. And before before the champ continues to go on, however, I will ask the champ this though: What did the champ think of SmackDown tonight? Well, the champ. Well, I thought it was a deep. I thought the tag team match between Allie Styles, AJ, uh, Brian, and um, Allman. Allman. What's his name? How about that main event? That was a that was a good tag team match. 
What about the opener with Naomi and Asuka then? Which How about uh, you watching? Asuka and Naomi. Well, I'm glad that Vince gave Naomi her shot. I mean, yeah. Becky and Charlotte were. I mean, Vince was right about Becky and Charlotte. I mean, they're they do have rematch clauses. I will give them that. I will say that. But but I think tonight they wanted Na- Asuka to have her first title defense against Naomi. And I think Oscar's going to do pretty good at SmackDown Women's Champion. I just hope that I just hope that they don't let Oscar have the title for a brief period of time. Because if they do, because if they do, WWE is just wanting. They're just going to say why they didn't why they didn't put the belt on Oscar for a long brief period of time. But I I say to keep Oscar keep having on to the belt for a very long time. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. that, well, and like I said, there'll be more big time talks about SmackDown tomorrow night. There. I know you, uh, and I know, you, and I know, and I know you saw this though, John. The stupid dance, uh, dance, uh, the stupid dancing with Carmella or Truth against Mandy. And Mandy. I don't want to talk this about that. I that was bad. That made me want to throw up. Let me. I mean, I I'll talk up. about that tomorrow night. I'll talk about that tomorrow night. But I just don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. But he, I don't blame you. I don't blame you once in solitary. Also, but anyway. Oh, go ahead, John, please. As I was saying in my speech, I am thrilled and I am I am thrilled and honored to have this belt in my in one of my collections, and I hope I hope 2019 when we do these pay-per-view predictions, I hope I can. I can prove more dominance on my pay-per-view predictions again. Uh, well, definitely, um, and, and, and like I said, everybody will have their opportunity, pretend opportunity, because I will, of course, as I've mentioned already in advance, that at WrestleMania 35, the prediction title challenge, that the belt that will be that will be decided, will be the granddaddy of all belts here in WCWS. The WCWS World Heavyweight Championship, which has been empty, vacant for quite some time. And, of course, it, she needs a home. And so we're going to have an opportunity to do that. But we're going to do that in style by doing that at WrestleMania 35. And then we know and, that coming up in a, and we know in a couple of weeks on January 12th, however, we'll talk about this during the first Raw of the new year, however, when we get back on with Raw Radio, however, there is already the NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool live from the Empress Ballroom in Liverpool, believe it or not, however. Okay, night. You said January. Uh, you said January 12th, We're starting January 7th. Right, so five days before, we'll talk about these matches, and these are the matches so far that have been announced for the TakeOver show in Fe- and prior to the Phoenix Ballroom show. I know in Phoenix they've already announced one match so far has been announced. Tommaso Chiapa and Alistair Black for the NXT title. That'll be a great match. These are for the UK ones, however. It will be Dave Master versus Eddie Dennis in an ODQ match. Eddie Dennis, of course, six foot six, two twenty from Cardiff, Wales, thirty-two years old, trained by Scott D'Amore, believe it or not, made his pro debut ten years ago. Pete Dunn, we know the bruiserweight will be defending his UK championship against Joe Coffey. From Scotland, 30 years old, from 5'5", 240, trained by Killian Dane, Finn Balor, and Johnny Moss. He made his pro debut eight days after his 21st birthday, believe it or not. So he's been around nine years. 
Rhea Ripley, of course, and Tony Storm will go at Rhea Ripley from Australia, five foot eight, one thirty-seven. She, of course, is twenty-two years old. She began her career in twenty thirteen, in June twenty thirteen, I should say, at the age of sixteen. Believe it or not, Tony Storm, we've seen her before. She is top from Auckland, New Zealand. Lives in Liverpool, hometown girl, five foot six, one forty-three. She made her pro debut, however, believe it or not. Uh, Ten days after her 14th birthday, she is 23, believe it or not. And then, of course, the big main event for the UK Tag Team Championship Power, the grizzled young veterans James Drake and Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson, a big guy in his own right uh, from Liverpool. Of course, hometown boy 6'3", 220, made his pro debut in 2009. He's 28 years old. They will take on Mustache Mountain of Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. Wow. Just some good UK action coming up, however, mind you, in a few weeks. All right, now can, course, I, can I finish my tweet? Yes, sorry mm-hmm. about that. And I was going to also, I'll talk about this tomorrow, but we'll talk about Russell Kingdom 13 tomorrow from Japan. That is going to be epic. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, so 2008. Go ahead, sorry. So 2018, the 2018 championship predictions. One of dominant dominant prediction series I had in the two pay-per-views, and I tell you what, they've been nothing short of dominant. But 2019, I hope I hope to get some more, even if I lose or win. It's okay. But my goal in 2019 in Revolution. Is to get that big daddy gold. Is to get that big granddaddy gold belt back. That is my goal uh, in 2019. Well, it sounds like that you are wanting to be in the running for that. I see. Yep. Uh, that's that's my that's my plan. And JD, I'm certain you want to as well. Oh yeah, I'm going to be chomping at the bit at that piece of that's- gold. You know I'm ready. Absolutely. So, so, so we already know, ladies and gentlemen, the Raw Radio broadcast team has made their has made their presence known that they want a shot at the big gold that has been vacant for quite a long time, and they put that, and they put that belt and they put that belt around the waist of someone. And also, and also, guys, now sitting here thinking about talking about the titles, and you, J. So, in closing, guys, before you say anything else, Chad. So, in closing. So in closing, with that said, the belt, my belt is mine, and let's let's start off 2019. Let and let's start off 2019 with a bang when I win when I win more titles in 2019. Let's let's start it off with a bang. Okay. All right. So the champ has said his speech, and now he's going, going to go. Well, John, if you stick around for one second, I want you to be a witness of this as well. And then okay. you can go ahead. And then you can step because, because, <clears throat> because, like I, because like I said here, this is going to be. Uh, this is going to be a big. Uh, this is going to be a big, a big, unique thing in 2019, ladies and gentlemen. One announcement I will make concerning the concerning the uh, 
prediction title challenge. Uh, depending upon um, the number of folks that take part in this, and like I said, hopefully we'll have we had a good turnout for TLC here with JD, John, Bobby, Ann, and Fonzie, and Michelle. Yeah, JD, John, Bobby, Fonzie, Ann, and Michelle taking part in this. Um, hopefully we'll have maybe some, some, some of the same folks involved in this. Um, I'm hoping, I'm not sure, but we'll cross our fingers and hope so. But in, if we do have a real good turnout for, for of course, our predictions for the Royal, someone's a Royal Rumble, my my plan is, ladies and gentlemen, for the prediction title challenge is to make the challenge a little bit more sweeter, if you will. Uh, in addition, <clears throat> in addition, Ooh. yes, oh yes, listen very carefully, and is to give everybody a fair shake and a fair deal here. This is inspired by, of course, the match that Michelle and Bobby is going to have, where both of these folks will be able to go home. With one, both of these folks will be able to go home with one belt, with with, with uh, two separate belts. One will go home with one. One will go home with the other. What my plan is is to have a main championship belt for 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 uh, net, for the Royal Rumble prediction title challenge. I also plan to have a secondary singles belt for. <clears throat> For, for, for the for second place. And we're going, and actually, so with the Royal Rumble being one of the big four, and actually, I just rethought this just now. This just sounds a whole lot better. You're going to have, you're going to have a main singles belt and a secondary singles belt. First and second place get to hold, we'll, 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 get, we'll get these belts, of course. And hopefully, depending upon if we have like two or three others involved in the prediction title challenge, that you will start seeing that since we have two or three of these that are not that are vacant right now, we are going to also award do start awarding the six man tag team title belts as well um, in this. And then that could either be the it can it will be either this depending upon who's all involved in, in, in this. It will be either the six-man tag team title, or it will be or it will be the regular tag team title belts. But somehow, folks, that everybody who whoever gets involved in this, over between now and the Royal Rumble, will be able to find out who is all going to be involved in the prediction title challenge for the Royal Rumble. That if we have like a good amount of people, like five or six people, then I can then I can do it. That my original way, but if it's just like say like four people, then we'll be they will still we will still do like a main and a secondary singles belt, and then we will do regular tag team title belts. But there will be more belts besides the a main belt and the tag belts like we've been doing. So come to prediction title challenge for the Royal Rumble, you'll notice a change, and I will let everybody keep everybody informed of this as to what we plan to do with that. So. There you go there. And uh, so John, so JD and John, you're a witnesses to this. I will do this. I will try to explain this in more in depth whenever I can give, I can, I can make the facts as plain as day. But uh, this is actually, this came to my head just a moment ago. So John, once again, congratulations for winning the NWA US Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship. And also, also on your, uh, whenever this match does take place, your first title defense will be against Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler. 
and whenever that match does take place, we are going to definitely looking forward to that on Wrestling Championship Challenge. Thank you. Very much. On that note here, folks, uh, J.D. and John. All right. Well, there's nothing I have to add, only my, my, thank, my, my profoundly and sentimental thank you. You're 100% welcome, John. And once again, congratulations. And, of course, happy defending of, the, of that belt. Yes. Not a problem. Not a problem. Okay. Thank you very much, here, John. On that note here, folks, uh, all right, J- J- John, thank you very much. Take care, bud. And we'll talk about you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yes, all sir. Right. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. J.D., anything else you wish to add, sir? Uh, no, but I did hear another. I uh, did hear last week how, unfortunately, how there was another passing we heard, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow night. However, mind you, however, about that. Okay, thank you very much, there, JD. On that note, here, folks, we do thank you very much for this little extended edition of episode 601 of WWS Revolution. I do want to thank the Ice Man, Jared DiGiolamo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. Also, I do want to the heartbreak kid, Fonzie. I'm sorry that he did not get a chance to stay on. I guess something did come up at the come up here during our uh, wrestling history, which was a long, which was a long edition of our history and birthdays here tonight. Of course, a big time happy birthday to the one and only Rattlesnake himself, Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin tonight. Uh, so happy birthday to him, <clears throat> as well as I do believe I said uh, uh, who? Let's see. Crap, I even forgot who else it was. Who, who other, there was three birthdays. Bobby uh, and Chris Stratus. Our RVD, Chris Stratus, and Stone Cold. Three big birthdays here tonight. So thank you very much there, JD. Uh, also, I did note that the Empress Anne-Marie Rickenbach did make it on our live video feed before we shortly lost it. So I do, but I do, I will, I will thank her for coming on here tonight as well and uh, joining us here. But on that note here, folks, I do thank everyone for listening in. And we'll be back on here with, of course, Outside the Ropes tomorrow night at 6.30, 141-387-POUND, in which we're going to do a little bit of a twist here. Uh, instead of the movie trivia challenge, and this is something we were going to do last week, but I forgot completely about it, we are going to, myself, J.D., and John are going to give us, we're going to give you our top 10 Christmas songs. Yes. Our our yes, our top ten Christmas songs. But of course, this is the Wednesday before Christmas, so we are going to we are going to like I said, bring you our top ten Christmas songs. We'll do it just like the way we did it two weeks ago. So everybody will, will enjoy that. So from six thirty to seven thirty, one four one three eight seven pound. We're outside the ropes. Wrestling debate one three nine nine two five pound. Join join the Madness Kingdom for of course big time talk about Raw, SmackDown, TLC, and other things. And Revolution, of course, our live video feed uh, <clears throat> will be, of course, from Hardy Boys fans from that, in which we'll give you our thoughts about the SmackDown TLC matchups, plus also thoughts on both Raw and SmackDown from JD and then SmackDown from everyone else. Plus a few other little wrestling extras, of course, with time allotted. <laughs> but still, uh, uh, still we, we enjoy talking about all this. I mean, but that's probably what they own all the time if we could, if we have to. So there you go. Uh, <clears throat> But uh, be sure to join us for that one three eight zero five five pound uh, tomorrow night from nine to eleven p.m. Revolution episode six hundred and one is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com, where we are three years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your 
care of yourselves and each other. We will see you in the ring. And as always, here in the WWS Radio Network, right here on TalkShoot.com. God bless everyone. And have a good evening. Rest well. And we'll talk at you here tomorrow night with our Triple Threat Wednesday starting with Outside the Ropes at 6.30. This has been the WWS Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.